This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Welcome to the Richard Blackbee Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam, and I'm your host, and I'm barely holding the it together. The hostest with the mostest. <laughs> uh, as uh, just about uh, five days ago, I welcomed my second daughter into the world. Yes. And, uh, you have a, a knack for producing beautiful daughters. I'll tell so you. I've been told, and uh, we're we're delighted. They, they to, don't have your beard, but uh, no, other thank, than that, so. thankfully that would <laughs> give them a few more challenges in life. I think, but uh, sweet little thing. Yep. Yeah. So Thanks. it's so it's congratulations. Your, it's your. I'm not. I think eighth, I lost track eighth now. Eighth grandchild. Eighth grandchild. And, yeah. Third granddaughter. Third granddaughter. You've produced two out of the three granddaughters. Yeah, so, yeah. so it's yeah. Uh, yeah we we had a few minutes here, so I thought we'd uh, try and record a podcast yeah, and between uh, diaper changes. Between and, diaper changes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's uh, it's been good, and uh, well, it's been um, you know I think three plus years now that we've been doing this podcast. Has it been so Has long? Has it been? It mm. just seems like it was yesterday <laughs> that we were beginning. Uh, but no, it has been um, quite a while. This will be, I think, the 190th episode wow. Um, wow. Of, of the show. And so it's it's kind of crazy when you kind of look back and, and see all the different episodes that we've done. And, yeah. and uh, you know, as a good uh, host, I've, I've memorized all of them. Well, thank and you. So and you've read all the books I've referenced. And, and, and I've read all the books yeah. you've referenced, especially mm-hmm. a, a few a few podcasts ago when we had about 30 <laughs> and I, I went and found links to all those. Wow. Uh, so if you, uh, if you need to find those books that Richard mentioned in episode 188, I think, uh, you can do that. But since it's been so long, we thought it would be good to circle back to our definition of spiritual leadership. And yeah. if, uh, I think it was the first episode that we did, we laid out um, your definition of spiritual leadership, and uh, now that we're 190 episodes in, you know I'm I'm sure not all of you have gone back and listened to the very first one, and I would appreciate you probably not listening to the first <laughs> one because I didn't know what I was doing, and you know I kind of know now, but you know that's debatable. <laughs> um, so we thought we would we would circle back to some foundational uh, stuff here with with leadership and really how you define spiritual leadership. Yeah. Well, you know, I've read a lot of leadership books, and at least half those books, they will at some point put a definition of leadership in there. Exactly. By leadership, we mean, and uh, and that can be a challenge because, of course, you you uh, there's so many aspects to leadership, and you kind of feel like you need to cover all the bases, mm-hmm. and uh, and so uh, there's some definitions over the years I've found uh, to be uh, somewhat helpful, but. Uh, but when my dad and I were first writing our book called uh, Spiritual Leadership, we, uh, w- I took some time with my dad and I said, we need to really figure this out. Like, let's make sure we've got a really good uh, definition. Yeah. And I wanted to keep it succinct as well. Uh, and that was actually a challenge for my dad because I'd, I would, we'd come up with what I thought was a great definition and then dad would say, want to add this and that. And I would keep saying, well, dad, that's implied. That's That's part of this definition. If it's... If it's covered in what we've said already, let's not say it again. And so uh, we went back and forth for a long time. But I'll, I'll tell you what, and I, I, this is my own humble, completely objective opinion, but I still think this is the best definition that I've found. And I've seen a lot, and I've worked a lot on it. And yeah. so I want to just unpack that for you and just um, and just get people to think again about what it means to lead. And so the first thing is we call it spiritual leadership. 
And of course, there's there are different kinds of leadership. There's uh, you could have unspiritual leadership, uh, you could have secular leadership. Yeah. Um, but we we chose the word spiritual leadership, and it's a it's a certain kind of leadership that we're looking at, and that is basically it is uh, leadership done by people who have the Holy Spirit. Uh, we'd say Christian. Now, I, I, I'm sort of careful to say we didn't use the word Christian leadership because mm-hmm. there are a lot of people that might claim to be Christian. Uh, and that has certain connotations. Of yeah. Christian leader, you know, you think church or right. in the ministry. It, right. Or... And, uh, and also, I think Christian leadership can maybe imply that there's one way to do leadership if you're a Christian or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that maybe it's really clearly all spelled out in the Bible. And so we chose the word spiritual leadership uh, because that means if you have the Holy Spirit uh, actively living out his life in you, it is going to affect dramatically, or it should, the way you lead. And so, mm-hmm. uh, because of course, uh, if, if you take an atheist who's leading an organization, whether it's a business, whether it's a church, whatever, it wouldn't be leading a church, but some kind of organization. Nonprofit. Um, nonprofit. And then you take a Christian who has the Holy Spirit within them. They they should have some fundamentally different resources available to them. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, the Holy Spirit uh, knows the future, which an atheist has no access to. Uh, but, but if you're following the lead of the Holy Spirit, uh, he can guide you to make some decisions based on what he knows is coming. You don't know that yeah. it's coming, but he does. Uh, the spirit is called the spirit of truth, and he can help you to know the truth as you lead your organization um, in ways that an atheist doesn't have access to that. Um, spirit of God also can convict you. And so, for instance, maybe you were kind of stressed out at the office and you snapped at your uh, administrative assistant um, Right away, the Holy Spirit within you can convict you to say that was in no way Christ-like, mm-hmm. and you need to apologize right now. Now, an atheist might have a conscience, but they don't have the Holy Spirit actively guiding them and leading them to know the right thing to do and say. And so uh, there's just many, um, and, and of course, the Holy Spirit working within you is going to be continuously transforming you to be more Christ-like as well. And so... Uh, whereas an atheist, they, they can improve themselves to a certain extent, but they don't have the power of God available to transform them. They, they can work at it. They can have New Year's resolutions, but uh, genuine, deep life change happens by the power of God. And as a, as a Christian, as someone who has the Holy Spirit within you, you have the ability to grow and to change far more dramatically and deeply than a non-Christian does. And so mm-hmm. the other aspect about that is just to say that uh, spiritual leaders are not just church leaders. They can be business people. I, As you know, I work a lot with uh, Christians in the marketplace, and they're in a very secular environment. They may work for a publicly traded company, but they can be spiritual leaders there too. Uh, the Holy Spirit within, it, the Spirit of God does not just guide leaders who are working as pastors. Uh, he he works in the lives of all leaders. And so, of course, some of the famous ones even in the Bible, Nehemiah or Daniel or Joseph, were uh, people that were living in even foreign lands. And um, 
yet they were led by God's Spirit uh, to make a difference. And so I think that's also encouraging uh, because about half my time is spent with leaders in the marketplace and about half my time with church leaders. And I see God working just as powerfully helping leaders in both fields. And so, uh, you know, sometimes I think people feel like, well, I just, I'm a professional, I'm a school teacher, I'm a, uh, I I work at a store, I'm, you know, I I run an electrical company. It's uh, the Holy Spirit, what is, what would he need to do in my life uh, to help me? But of course, uh, he can. He's constantly using business people uh, to be a blessing to employees, mm-hmm. to customers. Uh, I know all kinds of people who use their skills uh, to help churches and ministries as well. And so, um, so the key would be the key question I would ask uh, our listeners is: How is the Holy Spirit's presence in your life? Uh, affecting how you lead and affecting the people that you lead, the organization that you lead. And so we're talking about spiritual leadership, but again, it's not just in the church. That's anywhere, right. anywhere you lead. Uh, as a parent trying to lead your kids, uh, you, you definitely need the Holy Spirit to guide you, to know when to, because, and, and as your kids get older, you know, as Claire and, Al, and Alice go to school, um, they will encounter things that, you're not even aware they're encountering. They may be yeah. tempted in ways you don't know they're being tempted and pressured in ways that you don't, you're not aware, but the Holy Spirit knows. And the Holy Spirit can alert you as a parent uh, to when you need to draw near, when you need to uh, intervene, uh, when you need to be alert to danger. There's a lot of things the Spirit of God can do if you if you pay attention to Him. So so that's spiritual leadership, but but then we have a, a, a kind of a, the, our definition of, of spiritual leadership comes in the subtitle of our our uh, book, and you know I would say Sam we've been really gratified since we wrote this book uh, that it is really it's been used a lot uh, as a textbook yeah. in, in Bible colleges seminaries uh, I, I know doctoral seminars that use that I use that in a doctoral seminar I I teach but. Um, and so it, it seems like, um, we, we've, we've gotten onto something that has been very helpful in a lot of schools. And so, yeah. so our, the, the primary title in the book is spiritual leadership. And then the subtitle is moving people onto God's agenda. And, uh, we'll just take the rest of, the, of our time this morning to just unpack that. And maybe the first thing is just to, to talk about the word moving. Um, and of course, all leaders, if you're any kind of leader at all, you're going to move people. Uh, in other words, you, you, you make an impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oswald Saunders and then uh, John Maxwell, they, they like to use the word influence. Uh, leaders influence people. Um, I, I, I just prefer the word move. Uh, influence, you do influence people, but influence to me seems a little... A little nebulous, a little mm-hmm. broad. Uh, you can. There's lots of ways you can influence people uh, where they end up the same place. They just have, you've influenced them in some way, but they're not necessarily changed, or they they haven't advanced uh, toward a goal, yeah. accomplished a mission. Um, you know, like I've said, you can you could throw a stink bomb into a crowded room and you can exert an influence, but. You, yeah. you haven't necessarily made them better or moved them along uh, toward a goal, but um, but moving people, 
I like that word because it gives a sense of direction, of progress. There's of a sense change. of action as well. Yeah, you, they because and and what a lot of leaders will find. I was just talking to a, a pastor this morning who said the, his great frustration is that he's got a bunch of people that just are content to stay where they are, and mm. that is one of the primary leadership challenges you'll face. Is uh, you, you maybe you come in as the next boss, the next pastor. Uh, next leader in, of, of, of a group of people, and they've just done it that way for so long, they don't want to change. They're yeah. quite content. Just They're, they're satisfied. They're yeah. not, they don't have all that great of results, but that's all they know. It's, it's good enough. They're, they're comfortable. They just put in their time. And so you, you have to find some way to move them from where they are uh, to where uh, they should be. And, yeah. and man, that's such, a, that's such a mindset shift, I think, for people who are being led is because, you know, so many people, I think, work at jobs that, that, you know, they're not excited about. Yeah. And so I think that can bleed over into other parts of their life. And so their church life, they're just, you know, I just want to be comfortable. I don't, yeah. you know, I don't, don't want to rock the boat. Don't want to, you know, do things that, that make me uncomfortable. And, uh, that, that is such a, a challenge, I think, to, yeah. to, to help people shift their entire thinking, um, especially if you're a pastor of a church, you know, just in one area, like they, you know, to, to move them in your church is going to require moving them in their job. And like, it, you know, this is this whole ripple effect, I think. Yeah. Cause moving is not just activity. It is, it is moving them from being lethargic to excited, to passionate, yeah. to not people who don't care to people that are, 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 you know, zealous and, People and a lot of times you, in churches, you'll find churches they're all inward focused, and mm-hmm. they need to move to being in a place of being outward focused. That's uh, so there's a it, there's a lot of uh, different ways you you move people. Uh, you can you can come to a company that's losing money, and you want to move them into a place of profitability, uh, or you you've got a group an organization that's very ineffective. Uh, wasteful perhaps and you've got to move them to a place where they're highly effective and uh so there's a there's a lot of way but what it means is that when you have truly led people are they're not in the same place they were um and so you know in my my limited experience uh i i know coming to a church uh as a pastor they had been in decline for seven years so one thing i'm trying to do is just stop the bleeding move them from a place of decline to a place of growth, and 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 so we did. And and over the course of the time I was there, uh, they went from declining and discouragement to excitement, uh, filling up the building, growing, uh, excited about the future, from being people who were just kind of holding on. Um, and and so when you when you leave a place, you look and say, uh, did I move these people? And, and of course, that's one of the ways you know, perhaps, that it's maybe it's time to move on. Uh, I've had a lot of people come to me and say, I'm thinking maybe I should leave uh, this uh, company, this organization, move to a different place, different church. And one of the first questions I'll ask is, well, what did God call you there for? What was, what was the vision God gave you? Uh, and it surely involved moving the people from where they were when you found them to some other place. Uh, yeah. And have you done that? And I, you know, I've, I've had pastors and, and leaders of, of businesses. Sometimes they'll say, well, I was only there two years, but I feel like we turned a lot of corners. I, I had one guy that used to always say that I feel like we've turned some corners. And it's like, that's just sort of gibberish for we we've, 
done a bunch of stuff and nothing, nothing's really worked, you know, but we're, we're not growing yet. We're not, uh, we haven't stopped the decline. We, we, people still are a bit discouraged, but you know, we've, I've preached some fiery sermons and, and, uh, we've had some meetings. I changed uh, our mission statement. And so, uh, I think we've turned some corners, you know, I've, we're, we're losing less people now than we were when I first got here. And, uh, but, yeah. but to say, but, but have you moved the people? Are they in a different place now than they were when you got there, yeah. uh, and, uh, and and we can and leaders sometimes there's going to be a lot of course, certainly politicians are the worst at this. Uh, things may be no better whatsoever than when they were elected thirty but, years ago. But yeah, but they can they'll they'll talk up a storm about we're really excited about some we feel we've this you is know, made year. some headway and we're we're really yeah. finally got things where we would like to you know I think we can start moving forward, but but they haven't moved yet. And so I think in many ways, the way you measure a leader's success is where did they move? How far did they move? Uh, you know, are they, what place are they in now that they weren't in before? And, uh, you, you can, you can put out memos, you can give fiery speeches and sermons, you can have pep talks, you can fire people, hire new people. But at the end of the day, is your organization or your people basically in the same place they were before? Hmm. Or have they moved down the road? Uh, and I tell you, that's, I think every leader, before you leave your current position, you need to look and say, so where have we moved from and where are we, have we moved to? Uh, and is that, do I feel like maybe that's, I, I feel like every leader probably has a certain journey they need to go on with their people. Mm-hmm. And when you've gotten them to, uh, you know, you, I mean, a company may outlive you, so you, you can't necessarily move them all the places that they're supposed to go. But yeah. on your watch, on God's assignment for you, did you take them from where you found them to where God wanted you to get them? And and then you pass them on to the next leader, and, yeah. and they'll take them further down the road. You don't have to do everything. You just have to do what God's called you to. Yeah. So. Well, I think this is a good place to take a quick break, and we will uh, wrap up the uh, rest of the definition when we come back. If you've ever wanted to learn how to ask better questions to help move people onto God's agenda, then we have two spiritual leadership coaching workshops coming up uh, that can help you do that. One of them is going to be online only, and that's February 28th to March 2nd. And it's going to meet online from 10 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time uh, each day. And uh, there'll be dynamic breakout rooms uh, in Zoom for that. And there'll be an in-person coaching workshop uh, that's going to meet on the south side of Atlanta from May 2nd to May 4th. And uh, both of these will be training people to ask better questions to help move people onto God's agenda. So even if you don't think you're a coach, uh, but if you deal with people, these workshops can be very beneficial to help you become a better listener and a better communicator and help move people to where God wants them to be. We'll leave links to both of these workshops uh, in the show notes, and you can find out more um, at blackbecoaching.org. And at checkout, you can use code EARLYBIRD, that's all one word, no space, at checkout for a little early bird discount uh, in your registration. So we hope to see you at one of these two spiritual leadership coaching workshops. Well, Richard, we saw that... uh what you mean by spiritual leadership, and we've gotten to the first word yeah, of moving. the uh, subtitle, moving. And so uh, 
the the rest of it is people onto God's agenda, and I imagine you you may want to touch on people, yeah, and and what that means. You know, again, we we wrestled with every word here, and uh, and so moving was a key word for us, but people also was a key word because a lot of times we feel like we're moving an organization, we're mm-hmm. moving a company, we're moving a church, uh, yeah. but really, ultimately, you're moving people. Uh, it's a leadership is a people business and you can, I've known uh, leaders, young leaders, especially who thought that they just, that leadership was about creating a mission statement. It was about, uh, organizational chart. It was about setting clear objectives and, and so on. Um, but they kind of forgot about the people Yeah, and people, uh, can derail you in a heartbeat if you're not careful. And so, um, uh, and, and that's why I think leadership skills or people skills are so important for leaders. Uh, because if you, if you can't work with people, it's just hard to lead. Yeah. Uh, and I know leaders that, uh, don't even really like people. They, they love being back in their corner office, just developing strategy and, and long range yeah. goals. And those things are important, but at a certain point you've got to connect with people. And if you can't connect to the hearts, the passion, the vision of people, you'll never be able to move them forward. And so don't just never forget that. And I know pastors like that. They want to, they want to get up and preach to the masses on Sunday or whatever, but they don't, um, they don't necessarily uh, feel called to spend time speaking into the hearts of people directly and uh, getting to know them and care about them. Yeah. It's easy to get caught up on the task and and forget. And even, you know, pastors though, it gets into numbers. It's like, well, we're running this many more people this Sunday than, or than, you know, we were before. But, uh, but the fact is that, uh, they don't know those people and they, and they've lost some people and they don't care as long as the overall number is up. And, uh, and I would say, well, no, you're a shepherd, and that means you you know your sheep, and you care about them, you know their names, you you care about their health. So uh, it's moving people, and just don't don't ever lose sight of that. And then the last part is you move people onto God's agenda. And I, I would say I, I've said this uh, uh, oftentimes, but uh, the, probably the greatest frustration that leaders may have is the inability to move people. To know that th- this inward-focused uh, church congregation needs to get outward-focused. But everything, I, I preach sermons on the Great Commission. We, we talk about missions. We talk about the need to reach out in our community, but they never change. They're just content to stay inward-focused. And so uh, we're, we've been hemorrhaging money. We're not very customer-friendly as a, as a company, but I just can't get people to start putting the customer first and so uh, it's very frustrating when you know what your people need to be doing, but you can't get them to do it. Yeah. So the inability to move people can be a great frustration. But, but I also say that the great temptation of leaders is to pursue your agenda instead of God's. Yeah. And a lot of now secular leaders pursue their agenda. Uh, they just they may want to just have the most successful company they want might want to be rich by growing their business mm-hmm. uh they might want to become famous by having the biggest church in their city uh, uh they they may want to use people to accomplish their goals and their objectives uh but uh, secular people uh they they've got to come up with an agenda somewhere we we, we all are driven by an agenda of mm-hmm. some kind uh, for some, it's just, let's just keep things the way they are. That's my agenda. Just don't rock the boat. 
Uh, others, it's like, no, we, I want to grow at all costs. I've got to fill all those seats. And so we got to sell all this product. So let's figure out how to do that. But, but a spiritual leader, someone led by the Holy Spirit, is ultimately led by God's agenda. And so God, one of the things we have to just come to grips with is that God's agenda is most often not like our agenda. Our agenda tends to be very short-sighted, tends to be self-centered, self-serving. God's agenda always brings him glory. It, it always affects eternity. And so you could look at, for instance, uh, an underperforming employee, and you might think, he's never going to help me achieve my sales goals. I've got to fire him and get someone that's a higher performer. And that might be the case. But, um, but as you pray and you seek the Holy Spirit's guidance, he might say, well, my agenda is for you to develop this person into a high performer. And this person's not a, a believer right now, but uh, it's my agenda that they come to know me and that will transform their work ethic, their attitudes, uh, their team spirit. And there'll be a, he will end up being a good performer for you, but he'll also be saved. His family will end up in church and uh, a whole new legacy of believers will be started in his family and the generations to come. And God might say, my agenda is much bigger than yours mm -hmm. and it's much more eternal than yours. And so don't assume that just because you want to do something that uh, it must be from God. God must want me to have all my dreams come true. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I found uh, that especially just to say about that is that um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a leader and uh, I can be a motivator. Uh, over the years, I've, I've motivated lots of people to serve. When I've been a pastor, I, I've, you know, worked a lot with uh, volunteers and, and, and recruited people to serve in places we needed them to serve. Uh, I've, 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 uh, led people to give a donate to causes that I was a part of and leading. Uh, but one thing I, I, I began to feel very convicted about was if I, for instance, when I was a pastor, if we decided that we're going to have an offering, uh, for a particular project, and then I watched some of our blue collar, hardworking families giving sacrificially to this offering. And I mean, I remember one one family, they didn't have a lot of money. They had about a 20 year old vehicle. They didn't, you know, they just, they, they live very modestly, but then they would give a big offering, uh, to some, an offering we were taking. And I just felt so convicted about that. I, I just remember mm. just with a sense of integrity thinking, I can't just be whipping up, uh, you know, a, a flavor of the month project every month just hey now we're going to do this now we need you to support this now we're going to do that you need to give to this uh, it might look good for me when we've got all these exciting projects and all these new monuments to my leadership being raised but these poor people were paying the price for what i was leading them to do and and i i just felt like i needed to be able to look them in the eye and say listen this is not coming from me this is coming from god you're you're I'm only asking you to give because God is asking us all to give. Um, and so I think there's times as a leader, especially in Christian circles and churches, where you've got to be able to look people in the eye and say that what I'm asking you to do is because I feel like God wants us to do that, not because it's just I'm trying to do something to shake things up around here and make yeah. a name for myself as a whirlwind kind of leader. Uh, and so a, a great question for leaders to ask is, this effort I'm in the midst of and promoting and, and mobilizing people to do right now, did it come from me 
or did it come from God? And of course, even as you're doing working in a business setting, uh, there are times where you could say, you know, a lot of what I'm kind of driving people to do right now is really just it's self-promotion. It's just my hobby horse here. It's, uh, I'm asking people to make sacrifices at work, but it's really just because of what I want, not because I really think it's even necessarily the best thing right now for the company. Just, it's my thing. And, uh, and, and, and true leaders, spiritual leaders in particular are people that have a higher purpose, a higher calling, uh, and they can, with integrity, look you in the eye and say, the reason I'm asking you to make this sacrifice is because it's best for mm-hmm. our organization. It's best for, it's, I feel like as I prayed and sought God's guidance, that this is really what God's guiding us to do. That's, that's entirely different. You can sleep at night with a clear conscience, knowing yeah. that all you did was uh, ask people to respond to what God was leading all of you to do. And so uh, I, I like that definition. Spiritual leadership is moving people onto God's agenda. And, and it's something that you'll be doing continuously. You don't do it once. Yeah. You don't move people once and say, there, got that done. You know, they'll, there'll always be another move to be made. Sometimes yeah. it's just about attitudes or performance. It might be building a building. It might be relocating. It might be launching a new product line. There's lots of things you can do. But uh, the key is, uh, since I've been leading, are, are the people, is the organization in the same place it was? Or have we moved way down the road here to profitability, to growth, uh, to unity, to team spirit, to a healthy culture? There's a lot of places I think God wants to get your people, your family, your kids. Um, and, uh, and, and, and don't make excuses. Either you moved them or you didn't. Yeah. Um, and the question is, whose agenda did you move them on? And uh, if you just keep coming up with a new dream, a new vision every year, now, it's, now this is the new vision, I'll tell you what, you'll, you'll wear your people out trying to fulfill your dreams. But if you've heard from God and you have presented what God wants to do through your people, I'll tell you what, that's worth investing a life in. And, and, and people that serve with you as you pursue the dreams God gives you, uh, they'll come and thank you one day and say, those were probably the greatest days of my work life was working and investing in a God thing. And, uh, and I, and I'll tell you what, that's worth getting up every day and doing. So, uh, so get on God's agenda and then move all the people with you to get on his agenda as well. Great. And we'll also leave links, uh, to your book, spiritual leadership, uh, in the show notes and until next time. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackme.org.